Every month, we'll be looking back at a classic pay-per-view or old indie promotion. Once again, I am Avenging Ben. Hold up, Mike here. And the Law Ray Ramundo. A discontinued wrestling promotion or an old indie show. We just happen to dig up at some wrestling show somewhere. We got a bootleg DVD of it. This is going to be... This is going to be GAWP TBT Throwback Thursday, where every month we'll be going to be doing a special throwback episode for you. We have a lot of things in the work. And to kick it off, because it is January, it's Royal Rumble season, we are doing a throwback episode for one of our favorite Royal Rumbles, Royal Rumble 2007, which for me was my first Royal Rumble. Well, I watched it on DVD, and then I watched 2008 when it happened. But this was the first one I ever watched in its entire day. Mm. Mm. Was that a win? Was this guy your was either was this either of you guys' first Rumble or were you watching before this? No, I've watched Rumbles before. This was like um I started watching the Rumble around two thousand three, so this was like my fourth Rumble watching in a row. Where do you think this ranks among like I'm asking you both, where do you think this ranks among the pantheon of Royal Rumbles? This is one of the better ones, this is one of the weaker ones. What do you guys think? Well, here come the popo, but um, Shit, the popo, they're coming, they're coming for us all. They found out we were talking about the Royal Rumble. They're coming for all of us. They're coming for our bootlegs because you mentioned bootleg DVDs. God damn it! Way to well, go, Ben. Well, if you count Tier One Wrestling and CZW DVDs as bootlegs, I guess. Okay. <laughs> well, where does this rank? Let's not spill anything now because we'll get into that in a bit. But it's legendary. It's like, yeah. I say it's, it's legend. I say it's legendary only because of the finish to the Rumble match itself. Absolutely. Let's not spoil. Let's not spoil. Let's just go. But before we get into it, once again, this is a throwback episode. So we're just going to go through the full card and talk about and just sort of retro and sort of just reminisce about how weird WWE used to be back in 2007 and how much it's changed since then. It's not really no point. Like the pre-show is kind of weird to talk about, but since it listed anyway, we might as well talk about it. It was sort of a DVD bonus feature, I believe. So let's talk. It's good. It was JTG going one-on-one with Lance Cade in a singles match. So you had who cares? Who the fuck cares? Do you guys remember fucking crime time? Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. We're bringing it, we're bringing it, bringing the hood to you. We're bringing it, bringing it, what you gonna do? <laughs> oh my God. That was, was that one of the best gimmicks ever or one of the worst things ever? That was one of the worst gimmicks ever because that was beyond racist. Oh well, you can now see this gimmick on the indies because they're doing indie matches. They're doing it, they're doing it at indie shows now? Yeah, yeah they, re- they reunited. Oh, They were just SWF tag team champions for a short but. That's, oh god, that is insanity! Didn't JTG write a book? Yes, he did. Two books. <laughs> are they good? Th- th- these are the names of the books. His first <laughs> book was was Damn, Why Did I Write This Book? And his second book was named Damn, Why Did I Write This Book Too? Oh my god, that says everything you need to. But I've actually heard they're pretty good. He was on Talk Is Jericho, and he talked about the books, and he seemed like he knew what he was talking about. Wasn't he supposed to have a gimmick when he was where he had a puppet? I heard that. I saw that episode. Made me think one thing. Why? Did Jericho not have anyone else to interview? <laughs> oh my god. Do you, oh, do you literally have. You just, you just needed to fill a spot this week. So you, you could have brought Hulk Hogan. 
that about could have brought the hooks. But no, could have brought Peter. Right, right, right. Jericho already had Hogan. He needed a JTG to talk about how he lasted for seven. No, what he lasted. How long? How long did JTG have a job for? They debuted in two thousand and six. And, and they BTG lasted till 2014. Well, no, like when was the first season? When was the first season of NXT? That was 2011. Dude had a job for five, six years. Felt yeah, but then too. remember, he wasn't fired after that, even though he was out of TV. So it was, was weird. Just, he, he was, was there he was, until he, like 2013, I think. They were gonna he, give him the they were gonna give him the puppet gimmick. Of all people to give a puppet gimmick, him. Well, Isn't it sad, that, though? He was still getting paid while others could have gotten that spot. That, that's is, the, that, that is the problem. What did JTG even stand for? Do you guys even know? What did JTG stand Just for? Too Gangster? Just Too Gangster. I think that's what it did. JTG. Is that what it is, or am I just being stupid and being racist? It would be funny that's, if that's actually what it is. Just It's not ju- our, our DJ is saying to us, what's up, DJ? It's not just that ginger. He doesn't have red hair. Just... <laughs> Just, just the ginger. <laughs> Jesus, that's gay. No, nah, okay, that enough. Now that was enough. Orlando. That was Orlando Jordan in TNA. Yeah, don't, I'm not even repeating the third one. Maybe he was foreseeing us. Just that gup. But um, mm, maybe. But you guys, do you remember freaking Orlando Jordan in TNA, where his gimmick? And I'm not trying to be offensive here. Do you remember when Orlando's gimmick in TNA was that he was a gay rapist? Well, yep. Okay, I'm and not, I'm not, and I'm not saying, and I'm not burying the lead here. I'm not trying to say like they they were portraying a gay person. And everybody thought they were he was a rapist. No, they portrayed the character as a gay man who came on to others without their consent. The character was he was a gay rapist. Was so the cool. opposite of Titus O'Neil's when he was just coming at everyone. Oh mm. God, that is just that was fucking with TNA. That was even when TNA for TNA standards made no fucking sense. And and I, and, I, and also. To the listeners, to the people that are listening right now, TNA is including. We are including TNA shit, also too. So we will be ta- we'll be looking back at <laughs> old TNA pay per views. Oh, we may boy. have to do. We may have to do a viewer vote at some point. Like we provide three options, and they get to decide which one we look at next. That, that's a nice, oh god, the first TNA one nice we idea. have to look up is Bound for Glory two hundred four. Oh god, that's a decent show. Two hundred four. That's an odd choice. You'll I... see. Oh, Isn't Lord. that the one with um, AJ and Daniels? And a... No, never mind. Let's not get into TNA. Let's talk about Royal Rumble. But up next after that, barely part of a match, we had, of course, this was something I remember. We had the Hardy Boys, the pre-broken Hardy Boys. This is when they were still just drugged out of their mind and one was boring. So we had... Yeah. Uh, so we have versus Eminem, Mercury, Nitro, and Malin Malin. And if and if I am pre preparation for this, just looking at highlights just to get like a visual in my brain where I, for when I was talking. I yes. I remembered that Joey Mercury was wearing that like face mask on his head because what didn't a month before this didn't he get his face fucked up? Yeah, uh, let me give you the backstory for this match. The month before, they were involved Eminem, Hardys. Kendrick in London and Regal and um, can't remember what the fuck his name. Dave Taylor were involved in a fatal four way ladder match, and there was this, there was a spot in the match where Jeff came off the top off the top rope, and there was like a ladder, like like a bridging ladder, and he hit it, 
and he accidentally spent Joey Murky right in the face, and his nose like exploded. I see. And if you've never seen this clip, I dude, would. It's, it has to be the worst injury in WWE. It's up there with like. It's still up there. It's up there with Sid Vicious like legs snapping in two. It's one of the oh. and like and hardcore Holly like just neck imploding in on itself. It's one of the most gruesome things. I honestly, even though we have a sick sense of humor around here, if you're gonna go back and rewatch Armageddon 2006, which is a decent pay per view, if you're gonna go rewatch that. I would seriously, seriously issue one of those viewer discretion as advised things because it is. Don't watch this with kids, stupid. please. Don't children that they will have nightmares. Although I don't know what this says about me, but the first time I ever saw that when I was like in my early to late teens, I thought it was cool. But then again, I was a sick piece of shit, so I don't know what that says. My question is still, what was the spot supposed to be? It was like, just supposed like, to be that the no ladder. Way like there, they were supposed to like the teeter totter. They were doing the teeter totter thing with the ladders to smash them into the other guy's face. Merc, and, and, uh, Matt was, Merc- and Matt was, and Matt, Matt Hardy was holding both Mercury and Nitro. So the, the the idea was the end of the ladder was supposed to hit both of them, not directly in the face, but it was just supposed to look it. But now Matt Nitro had Joey's sold- face too close, and even now, from that, it's still like a mad guy in the face too, in some form. Yeah. So that was so again, the Hardy Boys. Versus Eminem. Um, Again, these guys put on a bunch of tag team matches over the year, and if you remember that this was a good match, there's nothing really to complain about. It was a lo- next. It was one of the longer matches on the show. So again, solid match. But it really is interesting to go back and watch this and think about where all of these guys are now because Nitro is now Johnny Mundo. He's the Lucha Underground fucking champion, and now, and now yeah, Joey Mercury's a roadie. Mercury's a roadie, and now the Hardy Boys have now entered like the second wind as one of the most popular tag teams right now. But it is, I can't take anything with Matt Hardy before 2016 seriously anymore because then I'm just thinking of all the broken Matt Hardy stuff. Do you guys have this problem? Like, you can't take anything with Matt Hardy seriously anymore before he became broken? Mm. That happens to kind of everyone now because you just start thinking. When they were in the Indies, and now they're awesome. Indie, awesome. Now with Matt, it's worse because now we can actually take him as a serious wrestler. Back then, eh. Not so much. He was boring as fuck. He was boring as fuck. The most interesting thing Matt Hardy had going for him at that time was after this, they put him in that gimmick. Remember they put him in that gimmick with that uh, feud with MVP, Montel, Vontavious Porter, and like they had them, they kept doing competitions every week, like basketball, oh god, football. the pizza, pizza challenge. Remember the, the pizza? pizza eating, I remember the pizza eating contest. I remember that. I was like, that was, it, that was funny. It was like MVP was like everybody from Chicago was fat, and Maria was standing right there. She's like, I'm from Chicago, so you saying I'm fat? And he's like, there are exceptions. There are exceptions <laughs> to the rule. No, and then they both didn't he puke on. MVP. He puked. That was how uh, Matt Hardy ate the most pizza, but then MVP shoved him, and then Matt Hardy puked pizza all over him. Which yeah. that, was just that gives me an idea. Stay tuned for the JWP Pizza Challenge. <laughs> no, no pizza. No, we're not doing that. No, 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 no. That's no, nasty. No. Uh, yeah, that thank you, nasty. DJ. But um, up next also, up. Oh, speak, well done, Matt. Right? Okay, what you got to say? Like when you look back at Eminem, also. They were a really good tag team as well. They Don't were you guys agree? Three, three-time WWE tag team champions, so they were good. Yeah, this Austin, is the sad always... part, though, that this is when they were ending, though. 
These were their last tag matches. And this was around like the end of their era, around this time. Then in that year, 27, Nitro got moved to, uh, to, to ECW. TCW. Uh, he, was on Raw, he, he was on Raw making a run, and Dirty Murky wasn't even being used. But then they brought him back and was like, oh, yeah, let's use you for a little bit. Then, yeah, like, that's when he became IC champion and all that. And it worked. John, Johnny Nitro became ECW champion. Then Johnny Nitro became John Morrison. Then the rest is history. Yeah. The next but, up, uh, Mike, you on our main show, you say the catchphrase "length of a fucking fart" a lot, and this is to describe yeah. things that either lack in quality, last so long, last such a short amount of time that nobody remembers them, or are so fucking forgettable that nobody will remember them. And I think "length of a fucking fart" or "quality of a fucking fart" applies very much so. To the next feud we're talking about. This was for the ECW World, Cha- World Championship. I'm sorry, the WWE ECW World Championship, because that's all it fucking was. It was yeah. Bobby Lashley, who is the champion, defending against Test. <laughs> Mike, what's that thing you say a lot? Who well, the fuck cares? Get, also, also, the thing is with this. With with special G A W P T B T, we'll be giving backstories too. So the backstory for this was, Bobby Lashley was the dominant champion who got moved to ECW because Mr. McMahon wanted him to be on ECW. Damn it! And Paul Heyman wasn't liking it, so Paul Heyman got fired. And Test was steroided out of his fucking mind. Oh my Rest god! In peace, oh, Test. Rest in peace, Test, but oh my god, look at this dude during this match. Jesus goddamn Christ, he is... He was he gassed to the gills. He was roided like crazy, you can tell. Yeah. He was he was juiced to the gills, man, holy shit. So like, now, the story honest, going into a, this, yeah. like, didn't like, the story going into this, as far as I remember, like, Rob Van Dam won, like, an online poll to face... Bobby Lashley, but then Test interfered in the match, and then that's how like they justified this bullshit happening. <laughs> yeah, but that that interference was still longer than this match. It lasted seven minutes and eighteen seconds. Jesus Christ! I've taken dumps longer than that, which is perfect because mm. that's New York's area code seven one eight. There you go. <laughs> oh, shut up. Oh god, that is. But yeah, oh my god, this not a good match. I've never thought you can just tell Bobby Lashley is not a bad wrestler by any stretch of the imagination. But he was holy, improving. He was improving. He was, if you watch him in TNA, whenever he appears right now, he's actually capable of putting on a genuinely good match. He has. He does because good now stuff. he has the experience behind him. Back then, yeah, but like, eh, at, it was okay. At this point, he was still kind of green as fuck. Especially like it showed because oh my god. Right before this Royal Rumble was, and I don't know if we're ever going to do an episode on this one, but it would be rife with uh, comedic potential. Right before Royal Rumble 2007 was the greatest ECW pay-per-view of all time. Don't, don't, say, the name. December. don't say the name. December to December? God. The worst pay-per-view of that year. Oh, my God. Sure. What's that? I got that DVD for Christmas that passed. I got that DVD. Actually, I got that. I bought like an ECW collection pack, and it came with ECW One Night Stand 05, ECW's Blood 
Jez. No, two, ECW One Night Stand 2005 was awesome. Oh, five was good. Good show. Oh, five, five was, was awesome. Good, yeah. I, oh, I said oh five, not oh six. I got oh five bloodiest matches, and it came with December to December. I still have Boo. two of those. I still have two of those DVDs. I do not have one of them anymore. Guess what happened to the other one? You lost. It, it. got burnt. <laughs> one of one of the other tried to guess which is which, but whatever. That was fucking bullshit. We'll we'll talk about December to December another point. Okay, match last. No, we're not. No, we're not. Vote vote on the Facebook page. Should we talk about December to December? You decide. We are not even putting that up as an option. <laughs> Those are two <laughs> options. Got pizza jellers, December to December. <laughs> no, the, I, this, this, I, my, the okay. idea for this show is for the people, but I swear to God, this is not for the people. <laughs> well, I'm not saying that this is It's for, for the people. The people. But I'm the speaking people. for the people, and they don't want us to talk about that shitty pay-per-view. I assure you they will. Trust me. But at the next oh, indie show, Matt, let's talk to the people. This let's isn't Taboo Tuesday. Oh, God, fucking Taboo Tuesday. I want to talk about some bullshit. No, let's talk about this real quick. Match ends, match ends by bullshit countout. 7-18, whatever. So, again, this is just further evidence of how horrible ECW around 2007-2008 was. Just it, say it, WWE's ECW, because ECW WWE's ECW. Thank you, I apologize. WWE's ECW. Yep. That's all it fucking was, and it was bullshit. If you want a match that's more emblematic of how horrible that was, it's this. And it's, sad, and it's sad to think that this was Tess's last WWE match, because like, I think like a year later, he died, I believe. I believe so. I think he made a few appearances at like house shows, or like dark matches I, and I stuff. I know he went to TNA at, for a little bit. He was the Punisher, that, Andrew Martin. And then after that, so once again, rest in peace, Tess. I'm sorry. He was one of my favorites. I fucking loved him. I fucking Back. loved Tess. I'm still sad he never got his rematch with Triple H after that marriage shit. I was about to say, he got fucked over in his career. Around 99, when Triple H and Stephanie got together, Trip Tess should have been pushed as a monster. What's funny, he was supposed to be WWE champion, but when they actually got married, they said, nope, we're taking away that push. <laughs> yeah. And Tess, like, he... Recovered. He had awesome matches with Eddie Guerrero, Brock Lesnar, even at King of the Ring. Um, and he had all. <laughs> he was a great he, wrestler. He was a great wrestler. He, he really was. Fun, he had a good feud with Scott Steiner of all people over Stacy Keebler. I remember that. That was that. That was what made me a fan of tests. But uh, speak. Oh, by the way, moving so moving on from that to oh god, you want to talk about pushes that were this close to happening and then were. Then we're seriously cut short. We are talking and, about... Ben, do it for old time's sake. What was the, the challenger's whole thing? Well, the, the person... Well, the match was for the World Heavyweight Championship, and it was the Animal Batista defending Versus. against... Mr. Kennedy! Wait. Kennedy! And and by the t- and by 2007, Kennedy was getting a monster push, and then he was good, man. He was going into the stuff. animal, and they didn't know what the fuck to do with him. He was the he fucker wins the Money in the Bank ladder match, tears like well well, well that's afterwards. But uh, backstory going into this match was Batista was the dominant world heavyweight champion. Mister Kennedy just got off a big feud with the Undertaker, which. Later on, shooting interviews that the Undertaker hated working with him. 
like everybody else did with Mr. Kennedy. And Mr. Kennedy won on SmackDown. He like he, I'm sad he they won. don't do these anymore. He he won like a beat the clock challenge. Right? I love I was about the to say, clock beat the they clock challenges. <laughs> did you like that gimmick? I I thought they varied. Like sometimes it worked, sometimes it. Didn't. One of my favorite, actually, one of my all-time favorite wrestling memories is actually a Beat the Clock Challenge match. It's when Edge was facing Rey Mysterio in a Beat the Clock Challenge match to stop Rey Mysterio from winning the number one contendership. This was during the whole La Familia Edgeheads thing. And the rule of the match was Batista and The Undertaker could not hurt Edge. But during the match, Batista comes out, beats the shit out of... The edgeheads of Riders and Riders and Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Kurt fucking Hawkins. Back when he was actually better than he is now. Um, and Zack Ryder before he got hyped. And Zack Ryder before he got hyped. Yeah. But if then, only Mojo Raleigh was there. I he will saved him. He I will saved burn him. this episode. I will burn this episode to the ground and take you two fuckers with me. Do not. What's funny is this is a throwback episode, but we keep talking about present. God damn it. No, it's actually that is kind of the point to like compare how weird it was back then compared to now. And but but one of my favorite memories was and then Undertaker comes out, turns the lights off, knocks out Edge, and he's like he's draped over the ropes in perfect position for the six one nine, and Rey Mysterio wins the number one contendership. I love that. It's actually one of my favorite wrestling memories. But yeah, this was the beat the clock challenge. The Ken, Ken uh, Kennedy wins and he becomes number one contender. Uh, he becomes number one contender for the championship. So here we are at Royal Rumble for the championship match. Like, looking back at, like, how Batista was getting a pretty decent pop back in, like, 2007, it's kind of mm. crazy. It, it's kind of crazy. It's always kind of crazy for me to go back and watch, like, late 2000s Batista as opposed to, like, mid-2014, 2015 Batista because they're, like, two totally different people. Yeah, you're right. And honestly... The Batista around this time, he was starting to wear like the really skinny jeans and the tight T-shirts, and I couldn't see Hollywood. It. Oh my god! This was way before Hollywood, by the way. Yeah, but this is when he was turning like, into this... the Hollywood Batista, though. That was a sad part. Yeah, but it's like I couldn't stand like him wearing this, these tight fucking clothes. It was like put a like put a jacket on, like stop it. I I know you're fucking jacked to the gills. I don't know if you're on steroids at the time, but for fuck's sake. You were bigger than my whole family at the time. Like, goddamn. Oh, God. But, so, but the this, match was decent. Yeah, it was it's like, right, honestly, yeah. this is like, again, Ken Kennedy always, Mr. Kennedy always put on a good match. And it was like, but this is just so sad to see what he could have been, but wasn't. And, like, I almost think, like, they should have given him something at some point. But where is Ken Kennedy now? I don't the know. The Indies? He, he's off so. doing. In, he's he's off doing indies after he fought. I, I forgot what he got fired for from TNA for drunk. He was being a drunk. He, oh, he was drunk on the tapings. Well, but, now he's doing good on the indies. He just wrestled for Warriors of Wrestling. Dude, That's when I, when I was watching this match live, I legitimately thought Kennedy was winning the world title. Dude, that shit. Was, what, that shit wasn't happening. But it's like he was billed as like the top heel on Spanta before Edge moved over there. And I was just thinking, okay, if he wins the world title, like maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember at the time in the Rumble. I maybe thought Undertaker was gonna face and was like keep that rivalry going. Like honestly, I, 
I don't know. I I I, li- I liked Kennedy. I liked the whole uh, microphone gimmick. It was awesome. I was still surprised when Kennedy well, so became a U.S. champion. Still has one of my favorite theme songs in all of WWE. A turn up the job when it gets too loud. I love I loved that shit. That was awesome. The original one? Not the, like the, the sec- sped up version, right? I like the sped up version. That one was cooler. Oh, I don't like the sped up version. It sounds so stupid. Mr. Kennedy! Okay, there we go. That's that. That's a good one. Kennedy! The stand-up one reminds me of Martin Kirby's theme song. And we know our DJ loves Martin Kirby. I love Martin Kirby. <laughs> no, it's hilarious. So you love Kirby Mania? I didn't. I haven't seen Kirby Mania yet. I need. To, I need. I still need to watch Kirby Mania. Apparently you liked it, but our DJ hated it. That's a funny thing. We go back and forth with our DJ about this all the time. Our DJ is in two different minds on two different wrestlers. Our DJ hates Joe Hendry, but he loves his theme song. Meanwhile, our DJ thinks Martin Kirby is a really good wrestler, but the first time I showed the DJ Martin Kirby's theme song, he laughed so goddamn hard. He was just like, what the fuck is this shit? What the fuck was that? What in the fuck was that? Joe Hendry makes you better. He can't wrestle, he can sing. Guy can't fucking wrestle for shit. <laughs> All right, moving on. Let's not get into Let's the fuck was that? the fuck was that? Yeah, but moving on to, okay, if we want to talk oh, about. The, oh things, my god, the next match I'm looking I will, at. Right I will remember this match until I am old and gray because the ending of this match was awesome. We had John Cena defending the. This was at the height, the height of Cena Mania. This is when Cena Mania <laughs> was coming out. This was at the height of Cena Mania when he was like all hustle. This was post Marine John Cena when he was his most John Cena y. You know what I mean? Yeah, this was like John Cena, like. John Cena was about to go into Marine mode, but this was this was this was this like is, this is this is around the around the time when he stopped doing the basic thugonomics gimmick, which was yeah I I always I loved Doctor Thugonomics, but I always this wasn't John Cena was like his most fucking insufferably annoying when he was just this tearing. Was, this this was the John Cena era of the WWE, and he and, and recently and, and recently on SmackDown he was like. The new era is bullshit. This is the My Time Is Now era. I'm like, dude, the My Time Is Now era was from 2005 to 2014. We've had enough. We've had a fucking enough. But I remember around that time, that was when he got that shirt with a bulldog. Yeah, I remember that one. I think he was wearing that during this match. And speaking of, he was facing the Samoan bulldozer. Oh, my God. Rest in peace, Umaga. Oh my god, so many wrestlers from this show are dead. Lance Davis. So many dead people in this fucking rumble. Oh god. We can't hear. Umaga talking about dead people. The best monster heels of this era. And you know what? This match is really awesome. This is a great last man standing match. Probably one of my favorites. It's up there. It's up there for me. It was a good match. 
just a crazy yeah. spot with the chain there. You know, I'm again, like, yeah. kids, don't watch this match. You know, one of the coolest spots, this, this spot looked like it hurt because there is no good way to take this. There's this bit, John, the whole storyline going into this match was John Cena had just barely beaten Umaga, I think, New Year's Revolution that year. He won with a roll-up. But the storyline yeah, going into this match some, was John also, Cena. Also, Umaga was on, on an undefeated streak. And John Cena, much like he does with everybody, ended his undefeated streak like he did with Rusev. In fact, funny enough, the whole Rusev-John Cena storyline is kind Reminded of... Reminded of Umaga. Reminds you okay. of the whole Umaga thing, not just because they're physically similar, because the whole undefeated streak thing was kind of similar. But beyond that, the weird thing, the storyline going into this was like John Cena, like Umaga injured his ribs. And like John yes. Cena was going into this match with taped ribs. And the whole shtick was John Cena, the, the whole thing going into it was, will he be able to lift Umaga up for the, and at this time it was still called the FU, not the attitude adjustment. Will he be able to lift him up for the FU, or even or even reach reach around him enough to get in for the STFU? Yeah, that was what was going into this match, and the, there was this sick spot where I thought John Cena had been murdered. To I, I swear to God, he's lifting him up. Is it the Simone drop or oh no no I know what you're talking. He about. lifts him up. He tries to uh, FU him on the stairs. Umaga just flops. He just his ribs give out on him. He falls on the stairs. Umaga just. All of his weight lands on his head. Just all his weight pancakes on top of him. John Cena stands up. He has gored open on his forehead, and he is bleeding like a stuck pig. You know what? You know what? Another spot that when I was a kid watching, I was like, I, I, I screamed out, "Holy shit!" It was when Cena was bouncing off the ropes, and Umaga caught him with the Samoan drop, and he just and Cena just landed on the back of his neck. I was like, Ooh. "Jesus Christ!" Uh! Yeah, this was a hard impact match. Yeah. What in the fuck was that? What in the fuck was that indeed? It sounded like it fucking hurt. But then this match ends with probably one of the coolest spots ever. Armando Alejandro Estrada. Oh my god. I, I, I fucking remember that bastard. Oh my god. My Armando Alejandro Estrada. Everybody, listen to me. To me. <laughs> oh God, fucking up. Whatever happened to that? Um. I think he, I know when they moved him over to ECW, he was like sitting at home and he was just training. Because remember, when he started wrestling, he had a fucking awesome physique. Remember he that? Did. Like, Jesus he Christ. He, he did go to Puerto Rico, though. Remember, remember he was in that feud with Colin Delaney? <laughs> I don't He was in an that. actual feud? No, the feud was, what tangent. Colin Delaney was trying to get his CW contract, and Alejandro Estrada said, "If you, amigo, if you can beat me in a match next week on ECW, I will give you your ECW contract." And Colin Delaney beat him, which was actually pretty cool. So that was the only time I ever got to see that fucker wrestle. So, but other than that, the coolest spot in this match was when uh, Estrada loosens the rope. Loosens the ropes. I remember this vividly, yes. And then Cena uses the ropes to choke out Umaga 
in the STFU and like Umaga starts like drooling out of his mouth like he looks knocked out. He has to do it twice to keep him down for the 10 count. And John Cena wins 23 minutes, 9 seconds, which, oh my God, I will remember this match forever. I loved it. That was a great match. Rest in peace, Umaga. Still remember. Uma, John Cena, I am going to put you in a steel cage with the Samoan bulldozer. Umaga. We're not racist, folks. We're not racist. It's trying to be racist, honestly. honestly this is WWE at its finest. They're already racist. Like, I ain't going to put you in a steel cage and if you can beat him, you cannot defeat the Samoan bulldozer. Why does that sound like my cousin Hernando? Cousin Hernando? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Where is your cousin Hernando? Oh my god. Alejandro. Ale... Armando Alejandro Estrada. Estrada. It's like, my Where name is Armando. Where are you up to now, Estrada? Armando, please, I have been leaving. I have been going home to Puerto Rico, and I have been wrestling and chilling out on the beaches. Life is good for Armando what? Alejandro. Wait, 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 wait. You're chilling on the what? The beaches. <laughs> I'm chilling on, on the beaches. I'm chilling on the beaches. I'm... Oh, God. <laughs> and the beaches of Puerto Rico, and life is good for Armando Alejandro. Get off the girls, And I am hanging out with my best buddy in the world, Roderick Strong. What's up, Roderick? I'm hanging out with my friend Armando Alejandro Estrada. I am Mr. Iowa Witch, and I'm here in Puerto Rico enjoying the surf, the sun, and the ladies. Oh, God. To get that joke, listen to episode 15. Listen to the newest episode. We're recording this right after doing an official episode, so there are a few little carryover bits, but whatever. So, once again, if you we got still better promos than yours. Still. Hey, hey, you. Whatever. Point being. So John Cena and Umaga, I think we're all in agreement. It's a, it's a classic. It's awesome. Yep. Yep. So moving Just on. imagine if he was still alive, though, the matches uh, Umaga could have done. His real name, I believe, was like Eddie Fatu, I believe. Eddie Fatu. Mm. Yep. He's Rakishi's brother, actually. Rakishi's brother, rest in peace. I'm so sorry for that family, but again. Umaga had an awesome look. He, he had, had a great look. Awesome and a, look. And a great run. So moving well, on. It lives on through the Usos. That's where their war paint comes from. Is the paint Umaga? Oh had yeah, in tribute to them. As a now, kid, I, I honestly thought that was a real tattoo on his face. Yeah, so did I. but then I realized lie. that the paint changed every week. Just like him. Yeah, and yeah, like, you remember Samoa Joe's when he came back? Oh, oh God! Yeah, oh, that, oh yeah, God. when he had that dick on his face. I thought that was an actual <laughs> tattoo. I'm like, that must have hurt. Just damn. Right. It's a, a regular tattoo hurts like a bitch, I've heard, so I can't even fathom that on your face. Guys, you had a badass in Samoa Joe running around with a rubber sword and a dick on his face. Yeah, that's intimidating. Oh, Jesus. I don't, don't want to run Taz is right behind him. Oh, God. And he, he's wearing the black towel. It's Taz. Black Taz. Right in the yam. Right in the yam. Was it Taz was doing commentary on this Royal Rumble, right? Yes, he, yes, was, he, was. Part, he was a part of the ECW. It was him and Joey. Oh, Michael God. Cole and JBL. Oh, God. And him JR and just and Joey Stott. 
Joey Styles got a front row seat to see everything he knew and loved just crumble around him. Yeah. I really wish King Ross was around at this time. Oh, God, a lot of WTF moments. It's just like Jesus Christ. Like One thing I always notice about Taz is that he can never get people's name. If he's really familiar with someone, like he knows them on a first-name basis, he can never get their name. And he's like, coming up now, it's, it's Bubba Ray. It's bu- Bully Ray. It's Bubba, it's Bubba Ray. Th-. He always calls people Bubba. He's like, Bubba Ray. Who the fuck is that? I remember him like when Bad Kofi Kingston. I remember when like Kofi Kingston made his debut finally in WWE ECW. Like, Taz, like when he was first starting out, he was like, "Oh look, it's Kofi Kingston." I'm like, "What? It's Kofi." <laughs> Even I know this. So he had like, <laughs> "Oh my god, that was oh insane!" Oh my god, ben, like... you and Taz could do a whole damn comedy show about messing up names. God, you know what was the thing with Taz on commentary too is that he would only say things to try and get a pop out of Joey Styles or Michael Cole. Oh my Wanted god! Them to he laugh. would. That was it. He would do. He'd be like, right in the yam, right in the yam bags, right in the yam bags. I'm from Brooklyn. We do things differently in Brooklyn. Did I tell this you? Ain't I'm from this ain't ballet. Did I tell How you? How many Bro- times would he say this ain't ballet? What did he? What would he say? This ain't ballet. Every time we would compare a move, like, oh god, that must hurt. <laughs> this ain't ballet. Of course, it's gonna hurt. It's like, oh my god. So enough about Taz's crappy commentary. Let's move on to the big <coughs> thing coming Imagine out. Imagine Taz listens to this. Oh, we're dead. We always oh, stop assume, it. Oh god, we assume people listen to this show who really don't listen. I will admit one or two like indie wrestlers listens to this show. Like I'm quite positive we have a few indie wrestlers listening to this right now. But like yeah. listen, I'm more than certain Taz does not listen to this show. He has his what own if he's show. looking for reference? He has his own podcast. He could be listening to ours. Yeah. No, no. And if that happens, so let's talk. Let's talk. Yeah, we're about, fucked. We're fucked. So let's talk about the main topic here: the actual thirty-man Royal Rumble match for a World Championship match at WrestleMania twenty-three. And this was like the one time that they advertised that the ECW Championship, like people could go for that. I was laughing my fucking ass off when I remember that. I was like, oh yeah. If, Do you remember if, when they legit? It was an option. The winner of this match. That was a fucking option. The winner of this match, who we will not for a man of Matania. The winner, the winner of this match, legitimately teased for one day. He went to Raw, teased he was going to fight John Cena, teased, then went to ECW that Tuesday and teased that he would actually go after Bobby Lashley's ECW title. I was like, that shit ain't fucking happening. I actually thought he was going to choose Bobby Lashley because that would have been a good match. Well, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> you were it was a younger idiot. me. It was a younger me. How old were you me. at the time? How, how old were you at the time? Shit, how old? Are, oh, 2007. Fuck, how old I? 2007, so shave about 10 years. <laughs> so I was a good eight. So, okay, so, so a dumb eight-year-old when you were kid. young, you were a fucking moron. <laughs> hey, I grew up to be smarter than both of you now, so. Yeah, the It worked smart. out. Define smarter. Oh, you simpletons. You get that shit out of here. So let's talk about this Royal Rumble. The first two entrants in this Royal Rumble were Ric Flair and my name is Finley. And I love to fight. Two old fucks. 
Two old fucks. And then, hey, too good. It was. It's still two veterans though, so it was okay. Ric Flair was in his fifties at this time, and he was still he was, going. And that dude will be, and that dude will be a hundred, and he'll still be amazing. Did you see this footage that came out like yesterday of Ric Flair and his old oh ass bent, lifting like four hundred pounds, just deadlifting it? Dude, I, I thought he was gonna die. Fucking Ric I like, Flair. I still wish Ric Flair would have had a, a son to carry on the legacy. That yeah. yes, David. But that shit wasn't happening. <laughs> oh god! He's At least Finley has a good son, like David. Isn't David isn't David isn't David isn't isn't Finley's son part of Bullet Club? No, he's in no, Japan, David but Finley's he's wrestling not. something else. David Finley's not. No, that's Razor Ramon's son who's part of Bullet Club. My mistake. Yeah, Cody Co- Hall. Cody Cody Hall, which is not he's not doing good either. Isn't he out of the Bullet Club right now because he's injured? I don't think he's going to be able to wrestle again. Cody, DJ just Cody said, Hall. Oh God, the 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 battle of the sons, the battle of the sons. Cody Razor Hall Ramon. versus Cody Rhodes. Oh God. Razor Ramon's son versus Dusty Rhodes' son. Yeah. Oh Lord. Just throw next- David Finley in there just for a mix. Oh God. And up next we have, oh Jesus, we have Kenny Dykstra. Remember that guy? Yeah. Oh. He's still relevant. Spirit Squad is back. Kinda, no. Kinda sorta. Hey, Spirit Squad's was on the Indies now, so. Uh. Oh my god. They were god. just at Beyond, so imagine. Johnny, yeah. Nikki, Midge, Nucky, Mikey, and we are the, the Spirit, Spirit Squad. Hey, 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 hey. This wasn't the Kenny from the Spirit Squad. This, this is Kenny Dykstra. This is when he was on his singles run, and he was feuding with Ric Flair at the time. And he was trying to prove to Edge and Randy Orton that he was, a me- he could be a member of Rated RKO. And then, oh. and then the and then, and then the fucker gets eliminated like a few seconds later after he enters. He lasted four minutes five seconds. He lasted a length of a fart. Yep. So up Ben, next- ben, ben, you actually have like the list of everybody that came out, right? All right, so it would take an absurdly long time to just go through everybody. So let's just rattle them off one by one. Up next was Matt Hardy, Edge, Tommy Dreamer, and Sabu in that order. Dear God. Uh, okay, remember from what, like, when Tommy Dreamer and Sabu entered, this was when like the hardcore shit was starting to get added into the match, and I fucking hated it. Sabu, before getting in the ring, takes out a table... Sets it up outside outside the ring, which already is stupid. It was, yes. I guess he wants to eliminate someone by putting them through the table. Already makes no fucking sense. But then it backfires on him. Fucker gets eliminated like five minutes later when Kane comes in. Kane chokes him to the table by Sabu. Good luck in the future, I guess. Yeah, you said his name right. And after Sabu, we had Gregory Helms and Shelton Benjamin. Wasn't Shelton Benjamin supposed to be back soon? He's getting better, though. The injury is getting... Yeah. I'm good they caught the shoulder injury now before it got worse. So, yeah, Gregory let's, Helms... let's, talk about, let's talk about Gregory Helms. At this time, he was becoming the longest reigning Cruiserweight champion. Wasn't he already the longest reigning Cruiserweight champion? That's what I'm saying. At this event, at Royal Rumble 2007, it marked a year that he was the champion. Yeah. Enough that, after, that, that fucker had it back he in 2007. Had it all. He's legitimately... Gregory Helms, you want to talk about legitimately underrated talent? Gregory Helms. Yep. And now he's a manager. Gosh. He's a good manager, though. I like him. He, he, he's doing good. 
for himself now in these days. Yeah, but he could still wrestle. I'd rather see yeah, he, Shane Helms actually. Dude, he still does. He still does the hurricane gimmick on the Indies. Yeah, he still wrestles for Omega, so I guess yeah. Hmm. Mm. Okay, who else came out after them? Because um, after was, Gregory Helms, it was after Shelton. Shelton. It was Kane. Which and Kane then it elim- was Kane used the table to eliminate Sabu, and then I think CM Punk came out. And he got a monster reaction. And th- and oh, this dude, was like this was first, this was like pre pipe bomb punk. This was pre pipe pre pipe bomb punk. And like, oh my god, every single show this dude was out. I think from like 2007 to like early 2008, this dude was on fucking fire. Go back and watch this Royal Rumble. He comes out at number eleven. The pop yep. for this dude was seismic. He was the baby face at the time. Oh, yeah. And he, and he think, was the... When he left ROH, he left as a heel. Yeah, which was weird. And he got loved. So... And up after... Also, 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 like, around this time, like, before, before the Rumble, remember at Survivor Series when it was, like, DX and the Hardys with CM Punk, and CM Punk got a monster reaction? Out of those two teams... Yeah, and it was like, and, and it, it, Triple H had to turn to Sam Punk, like, Sam Punk, you want to take it away? And then it was like, Chicago, are you ready? And I think I remember Punk, I mentioned like years ago, that it was like, that was like Triple H's way of just like, like Triple H, uh, like, uh, he didn't like Punk. At, he passed the torch then. though, and that night. The fire passing the torch. Basically, the he, was ba- he gave him a spot. <laughs> Enjoy this spot. now, you little shit. I'm going to bury you in about five years. <laughs> I'm gonna make you hate this forever. I am going to make you enjoy this now, you little punk here piece of shit. I'm gonna make you hate this business so goddamn much you'll go to UFC and get your ass kicked. I am Triple H, and I am going to take out the shovel and bury anybody who's gonna challenge the King of Kings. Oh god! Amazingly, he was. Think Triple H was not in this Royal Rumble because I think at this time he was still nursing that like bl- torn knee. I like tore my month, knee. Uh... The month before he tore his other ACL. I tore my then, other ACL. Then he came back. And then he came back at SummerSlam to face. Uh, oh shit! He came back to face the man who comes out after CM Punk. That's coincidental. He comes out to face King Booker. King Booker. One of the best. Actually, I think King Booker is a pretty underrated gimmick. I thought King Booker was great. Dude, that, that King Booker when he when when he run when he won the King of the Ring, that helped his career because he was doing nothing. All hell, King. <laughs> See, the law can respect the king like that. Can you dig it, sucker? remember do you remember the next guy who comes out do you remember he's super crazy y'all remember was he a part of the ECW brand or the Raw brand he was on Raw he was on yeah he was on Raw he was on ECW at the start then no he was on Smackdown with the lawnmower oh god yeah with the Mexicals but don't don't forget do you want to talk about when they restarted ECW 
Let's get. Yeah, let's give the Mexican a lawnmower. Yeah, that would go it over was well. A good tag team, though. Psychosis. No, the Mexicans were Pools great. Tag teams. They were legitimately talented dudes. But you don't give the goddamn Mexican tag team lawnmowers. What's funny is that they did that tag team out of nowhere because the three guys didn't even get along gimmick-wise. Really? Psychosis, super crazy, Juventud Guerrero. Ridiculous. They were there, those guys were feuding everywhere else. Juventud didn't even last that long in WWE, am I right? He only lasted no. for like a couple of months? He was just there for like the start, then he got the boot. No, because I that- remember he, like, he debuted in... August, and then like he was gone by December. So legit, that lasted nothing. The length of a fart. Yep. And Hoovy had some great matches in WCW there with Dean yeah. Malenko. And then after that comes out yeah, Jeff but that, but Hardy. That, that was WCW. Jeff Hardy. Also, I like the fact that um both the Hardys at this point, like they wrestled at the beginning of the show, and they were still able to make the actual Rumble match. That's something you they don't really do anymore. It's like, well, they do it sometimes. It's just like there was this one year where I think like Gold Dust and Stardust had like a match earlier in the night, and then I think maybe one of them was in the Rumble match. I think like there's this big discrepancy with like who can be in the Rumble and who can't be. Like Daniel Bryan had a match earlier in the night on one on the at Royal Rumble 2014. You know the good one, and then like he wasn't in the Royal <laughs> Rumble match that night. <laughs> you should get shanked for saying that. You know Royal Rumble 2014, the good one. Got it. One, ben. 13, 17. Guys, I'm gonna say. You remember in 2012 during that Rumble, that was like the 40 man one when oh, they had R- Randy versus The Miz and Edge versus Ziggler. And Randy and Dolph, after they lost their match, they were immediately put in the Rumble match. Yeah, I remember that. I was like thinking, wait, so if you're saying if they won their matches, you mean to tell me that Miz and Edge were going to be in the Rumble? That's a little odd. Like I was trying well, to Kurt think Angle, years ago, don't forget that, he just lost his triple threat and goes in at number one. Ta-da. Like, really? So we're just letting anybody in the Rumble. When he had Ooh, lost, I think, God. I can't remember what match it was. Oh, what title. But, like, yeah, that would that happens. They come out, and then after Jeff Hardy, oh Jesus, the Sandman comes out and lasts a total of thirteen goddamn seconds before being eliminated by King Booker. Can we talk Wait, about how fucking awful the Sandman was? The Sandman is the. You realize the Sandman is the entrance. That's all that made that dude yes. cool. He was, he was awesome because that dude was. He had an awesome. He had Metallica. He, was, he, he smacked a cane against his head. He drank beer. He was kind of cool and counterculture. Dude couldn't wrestle for shit. He's gotten better. Have you seen him on indie shows? The dude's gotten a little bit better. Dude. Right? He's got no, the dude can actually take a bump now, and the dude can actually carry a decent match. He's not he's gotten better. But like, holy shit. He could not carry a fucking match to save his life in WWE. The power, the power of editing. Yeah, power of editing, I guarantee you. But Jesus Christ. Dude comes out, gets dumped. The, as soon as they took away. Because they, they, these fuckers weren't going to pay for the rights for Enter Sandman for every fucking show. They gave them that god-awful... They gave them that bullshit. Mm, my God. 
Oh my god! So he lasts. Like, I'll be I'll be honest here. Once Dreamer, Sabu, and Sandman were entering the Rumble, in my opinion, they were dragging that fucking match down. It was like the hardcore yeah. bullshit. I just couldn't take it because ECW wasn't what I was thinking it was going to be, and just these three fuckers were not helping that cause at all. At all. At all. But moving on oh, next, we had but here's someone who would have a bright future after this match. He was on his way to great things. Randy Orton came out when he was still in full legend killer mode. And, and his story was like the year before he was in the final two and got fucked by Rey Mysterio. So he had something to prove in this match. In yeah, this year's like, rumble. In that in that year's rumble. And then after Randy Orton comes also, out... And also, also by that time, they were also doing the Rated RKO tag team. So him and Edge cool. were working together during that sort of like duration of the Rumble. I still say their theme song was the best. It's that either them... That they had was awesome. It's either theirs or uh, Jericho's. Uh, Jericho, just the entr- just the start of it. That, ma- that start of the Big Show's theme... Edited was perfect. But Rated RKO had a nice flow to it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, Rated RKO was nice. Break the walls down. It's the the big show. After Randy Orton comes out, we have number 17. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is another person from this Royal Rumble who is dead now. Chris Benoit comes out. Oh, my God. How many people from this Royal Rumble are dead now? Jesus ben, you, Christ. Ben, ben, you know what I just realized? This was Benoit's last Rumble match. Oh, God, that's even Cause, worse. Because, like, months later, he he did he did the deed. Oh. What in the fuck was that? Okay, I said who, but I still got to say, Chris Benoit in this match did do some good spots. No, that would leave this... Here's the thing. Chris Benoit is one of the most talented wrestlers that will ever live. He just we can so say Chris Benoit, two- the wrestler, was a good guy. Then in, 2007, then in 2007, some shit happened that we do not need to go into detail about. Everybody- we don't know the backstory, so we shouldn't, be, we shouldn't speak on it. Whatever happened was... Just type, in, just, just type in Chris Benoit 2007. You'll, find, you'll look it up and read it for yourself. It's yeah. a tragedy, may he rest in peace. But as always, brought his A game to this match. Lasted over, lasted almost twenty minutes in here. Dude, he was gassed. He was gassed like test. It was ridiculous. Yeah, and then it's sort of meant a... for everybody. And then <laughs> after that, eighteen, another e- one of the ECW guys you can actually tolerate. Rob Van Dam comes out. Oh my God, they fucked him over so badly in two thousand six. Dude gets caught with a little bit of marijuana in his trunk and all of a sudden loses both of his championships, loses his big ass. Plus. You got caught with marijuana. Let's give the title to the big show. He had He's just won it. He was on the top of the world. <laughs> was caught, with whack, caught with the wacky tobacco. He was caught with the wacky tobacco. And with Sabu. With, with Sabu. And Sabu kept the job. Yeah. Actually, actually, you know what? They both kept the job, but RVD got fucked over the most. Sebu yeah. wasn't getting anything anyway, so it's like, what can we really do to you? And up next, after Rob Van Dam, we have the world's largest love machine, Viscera. I remember that game. Oh, my oh. God. Was this one of the best things ever or one of the worst things ever? I can't really tell. In what, Viscera's career? 
Yeah, and Viscera, because like it wasn't a really great gimmick, but that dude was putting everything he had into this gimmick. Wasn't he at the time like doing like he was like in love with Lillian Garcia? Yeah, like he was hitting on her a lot. Yeah, dude, do you remember his finisher? It was no, he'd hump people like he'd go on top of them and he'd sixty nine them. That's what I'm talking. I'm talking. That's what I'm talking about. Like, say fucking Rob Conway was on the mat. Viscera would do the bump and grind, do a little spin. And then fucking hit the guy in the head with his dick. <laughs> and as a kid, I was like, what did he just do? <laughs> I was like, did he knock him out? Dry hump him to death with his giant, like his giant Italian sausage-sized cock. Oh, my God. Ew. What an image. Jesus Christ. And Dude, that- it, was even, it was even worse when they put him in the Big Daddy V gimmick. And they had oh, God. Remember when he was trying to rape show. Just Garcia. see them titties a flapping. Good Lord. He tried to rape Lillian Garcia, goddammit. That is fucked up. And, oh my god. You want to talk about just gimmicks pushing it way too far? Like, Viscera, Jesus Christ. Jesus, Viscera. They're, they're but another the guy, rest in peace. Another guy, rest in peace, Big Daddy V. How many guys? That is the last one of the now dearly departed who are at the so, show. So, sure. so, Test Umaga, Benoit, and Viscera. Am I missing anybody? Lance Cade, he's dead too. Lance Cade, so five, five so five people. people. This pay per view are dead. Two committed suicide, rest. Uh, and yeah, the rest died of natural causes. Unfortunately, on the time is the time takes away a lot of talent yeah. from us. This, this is an indicator of that. So after we had the world's largest love machine, who was next? Johnny Nitro comes out again. He does a good job. It's just interesting to see Johnny Nitro at this time to see what he'd go on to do. But up next. Oh my God. Okay, you want to talk about this is the next the last two WC last two ECW guys come out. The first one who comes out, okay, Kevin fucking Thorne. Hold on. <laughs> a I wonder what that guy. Where's Kevin okay. Thorne now? Okay, Kevin fucking Thorne. Okay, fucker stops. Okay, if there was ever a time to play that fucking drop, it was now, because good God. Who at ECW can let this push? Dude goes on SmackDown, he starts off as Mordecai. Which was... The visual looked nice. Mordecai was an actual gimmick that got over. Kevin Thorne got get over. It did not. I would argue Kevin Thorne got over more than Mordecai. That's the one thing I will say. Mordecai got over because he was dominant. Kevin Thorne, what did he do? Right. Mordecai lasted... Mordecai lasted for the length of a fucking fart. It lasted a week, and then Vince was like, oh, I give up. So Mordecai went back to OVW, and then he came back in 2006 as a fucking vampire named Kevin Thorne with a big-titted woman who was who, who Okay, so on the one neck. match with Scotty Too Hot, it was okay. <laughs> and then, and Scotty then he Too got, Hot, he had a longer push than fucking know, Mordecai. We know. I remember what the fuck happened to Mordecai. He got bitched out by Hardcore Holly on TV. That was the way to get him off TV. <laughs> Because Bob of Holly which, bitched out everybody. Hardcore Holly came out afterward. He came out, he was right after Kevin Thorne in this Royal Rumble. Funny enough. I fucking oh, love God. Hardcore Holly. He he was one of my boys. Can we say... Wait, what? Hardcore was, Holly was one of your boys? What the fuck was that? Dude, I fucking <laughs> loved him. Gay. Wait, but how is he one of your boys? Oh, gosh. What, what, <laughs> he was one of my favorites, okay? Okay. He's, he's, like, fucking, he's, their own on that one, buddy. he's yep. a fucking nice guy. He beat the shit out of people who's drinking the fuck. 
play, they play hardcore and Holly's team, but we wanted to raise our KO and nothing. Come on, DJ. <laughs> Up next, we have, of course, one of the man, one of the, the man, the myth, the legend. It is the it is HBK, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels at number twenty-three. And he was still doing the DX thing at the time, but which I was getting because, fucking like, annoyed with too, because it was like, listen, he's doing it Triple in H honor is, of Triple H, I guess. I don't give a fuck. Triple H is gone. Do your Heartbreak thing gimmick again. Don't because, like, for months he was going on after after Triple H got hurt. He was still wearing the DX attire. He was still we coming out to the DX music. And he and even at Mania he came out to the DX shit. And I was like, okay, I get it. Enough. Dear Lord, it that was it got insufferable after a while. My boy, Hardcore Holly. <laughs> oh my god. He's and, your then, boy. and then after that, oh Jesus, you want to talk did you guys forget this dude existed? Chris the masterpiece, Chris Masters at number twenty four. Global Force? <laughs> TNA? Jesus Christ. His gimmick is that the Master Lock, one of the greatest finishing moves of all time. Which they ruined. Well, they had Bobby Lashley break it in like, month, like months after this. Yeah, but someone. You remember when someone had actually broken a tribute to the troops? Well, that but was. Like, said, no, it well, doesn't that was, count. Well, that was for tribute to the troops, though. Yeah, but they said it didn't count because JBL interfered, so. Then they have Bobby Lashley ruin it. And after, oh God, and after Chris Masters comes out, guess he's at number 25. Ooh, Chavo. Couldn't stand him at this time. I couldn't okay. stand him at this time. I can't stand Chavo Guerrero in general. He's a great wrestler. <laughs> Something about the dude, seriously. I respect, I respect the Guerrero family, but Chavo is not one of my favorites at all. And then after Chavo was Montel Vontavious Porter. Yes, and, and MVP's thing at, during this rumble was he just got off the from the month prior. An Inferno match with Cam. The King. This is illegal. My flow is legal. And he was nervous. He still had like bandages underneath this thing from like the Inferno match. Dude, I remember him coming out when he debuted, and he dressed up as a fucking Power Ranger. I was like, "What the fuck?" Oh, yeah, I remember that Inferno. Didn't Kennedy and Taker have the last ride match too? Yeah, because that was the whole thing. The Brothers of Destruction were after the two young boys. Oh, and they buried both of them. God buried them both. Oh then after God. this, we have number twenty-seven. I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. Do, 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 do. I liked Carlito. I liked Carlito. He was cool. <laughs> Talk about a guy that had so much potential, but that didn't do jack diddly shit with. And he was a babyface at this time as well. And he was still spitting in the faces of people who don't want to be cool. Yep. Oh, it turns out maybe DJ uh, DJ has a funny story. When he when our DJ was in elementary school, he spit, spit apples. apples. He spit apples at other students. Well, that's pretty funny. Did he get in trouble for that DJ? And he got detention. <laughs> I, I wonder why. Thanks, yeah, wonder WWE. Why. You Thanks. got our DJ detention. Oh my god! So pissed off. So story Gosh. time. DJ, love you long time. Thank you for that. That was hilarious, actually. Thank Remember you. his uh, t-shirt, Carlito's t-shirt, where it was just like Wait, the story's not over. He grabbed a smiley truck. face. He grabbed a carton of milk, chocolate milk, and poured it. Oh, Ready for oh. it. Not the milk. 
Oh my god, and, and sad. What did you say? Oh no. You're not cool. You're not cool. And left the classroom. Your mom fucking hit you hard, didn't she? Oh god, you must have gotten a spanking. More than uh. a spanking. I think the fucking iron came out for that one. Told my, <laughs> Told my mom had a great day. Told my mom had a And up next, we have, oh Jesus Christ. Okay, let's talk about this. The great colleague comes out. Okay, can I please mention the fact that when he came out and he was destroying everybody, who came out at number 29, by the way? Just so we get that one out the way. The Miz. The Miz. Okay, so at this time... Who lasted seven seconds, by the way. Runs in, somebody grabs him, tosses him out. Yeah. Oh, God. But um, the great Kali was, he was chopping everybody in the head. He was doing the Kali plunge. And he does his, like, he lifts his arms up, he's screaming, and you hear Shawn Michaels go, Hard camera, you stupid fuck! And then, like, Kali just turns around and he's looking at the hard camera. Who said that? (laughs) Shawn Michaels. I have to go back and listen to that. That is crazy. It's probably because, edited out by now, but damn. Dude, it was like Kali did not know what the fuck he was doing. He was The spot was he was supposed Gosh. to beat everybody up until number 30 came out. And then and then look at the hard cam and just go, He was ah. supposed to look at the hard camera, but he was facing away from the hard camera. And Sean was like, turn around! <laughs> and then it's just like... The great Kali, and then one of the actually one of the coolest spots ever. It's it, the clock is winding down to number thirty, and like who can stop? Who can stop the great Kali? Nobody, absolutely nobody. Number thirty, dong, dong. Maybe there is someone. Maybe there is someone. Undertaker comes out, kicks the shit out of Great Kali, dumps him, and then we we get down to the hold final. on, hold on, hold on. You know what was funny? You know what's funny looking back on it now? It was just like, who can stop the great comedy? It's like, you guys fucking know who's left. You know who's number 30. Like, <laughs> don't make us feel dumb. <laughs> like, we know who it is. Like, you start adding up the numbers. Like, wait. The only one left is Taker. <laughs> Did oh, Taker yeah. also, like, win a match on SmackDown to get the number 30 spot or something? Wasn't that, like, a thing he did? Yeah, I think it was like another Battle Royal style thing. It was a Battle Royal. They love doing Battle Royals to qualify for the Rumble. Mm. Like, what was the point of that? I don't know. But also, by the the time Taker gets out, they eliminate everybody. So the final four are Edge, Randy Orton, which are rated RKO, against Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. So the Vets versus the Future. If he, yeah, looking back on it now, yeah, definitely. And this was fucking, this is when, like, the match went, like, from, like, three and a half to, like, five. It was this awesome. Was ridiculous. And, of course, or Dave Meltzer, six. <laughs> no, and he didn't Michael. give the six. And then we have that amazing spot where they're ganging up on Undertaker. They knock him out for a second. And then Shawn Michaels super kicks Edge in the face with the chair, dumps him out, flips Randy Orton over the top rope. They're out, and then it's like, and then I love that call from Taz where he was just like, he looks at both of them and says, and then there were two. And you just see Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, who's busted open, just eyeballing each other from across the ring, and they do the classic spot where they point, they look at the, the WrestleMania sign, and like, that's what it's all about, that's what we're fighting for. And they go on to have a pretty good, they go on to have a match, basically. They have a match. This lasted for like 10 minutes, didn't it? 
So this is sort of a precursor to what we'd be getting at WrestleMania 25 and 26. Like, yep. Oh my god. This, and it was in, and as a factor, is, these are the first two that start the 2008 Royal Rumble. Yeah, that was funny. Like they end this Rumble and then they go on to open the next one. You know, it was an wasn't awesome, as good. You know, what was also cool about this was that this was the first time these two face each other since the rum since the Royal Rumble in 1998 when they had that casket match and Sean got hurt. So this was like. Like years later, that these two. Oh fought, yeah, I remember like, when they said that during the '08, they're like, history is being made because after years and years. Because like at the time, like Sean didn't want to work Tuesdays because he had Bible study, and the Undertaker was moving from Raw to SmackDown. So these two never faced each other. Like when Sean came back from his back injury and Taker was doing the uh, badass, so it was like the first time these two have faced each other in years and. The crowd was fucking mental. There was like, Sean would hit a super kick. Undertaker would go over, but land on the apron, and then like, fucking Taker would hit like, Sean would go for like a moonsault, and Taker would catch him for a tombstone. This was fucking awesome. This was the best ending to a rumble I I've ever seen. Still hasn't been top. Still has not been top. And then of course, un. un- the, do you remember? Do you remember? Do you guys remember? Mamba? Do you guys remember when, like, the guys, the two finalists in the Royal Rumble, would have like a match? They'd have like a like Triple H and John Cena in 08, They had a match for like ten minutes, like in two. But then in like from two thousand nine onward, it would be like okay, quickly elimination, quickly elimination. We're like, do you remember when like there'd be some genuine suspense to it? Like it was all down to two, and like who was gonna do it? Like um. There was other times too. It was like when it was down to the final two, and there was like an actual match. It was the Sean Taker. It was Triple H and Cena the fall, the year after this, and then um, oh nine. It was sort of Triple H and Randy Orton, but like Legacy that, got involved. Also that too, because that was also another good story. Uh, two thousand two, when it was Triple H and Kurt Angle down to the final two. Um, what well, and even two thousand four, Benoit and Big Show. Yeah, but like that's what I'm talking about. Before this, do you remember when like the guys who would end the rumble would have an actual match? So like, yeah, that, that's yeah, they yeah. actually fought to see who would win the, the whole yeah. thing instead of just like instead of just two guys stare each other down, exchange maybe like two moves, and then yeah. the other guy jumps to the guy. I think like Sheamus and Chris Jericho had like a five minute one on one thing, but that didn't last very long. Yeah, but everybody remembers this because this was Taker awesome. and Sean. This was leading into two of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time. And, of course, Shawn Michaels revs up for the super kick, starts tuning up the band, overshoots it, Undertaker whips him up, throws him over the top rope, Undertaker comes in at number 30, wins the whole damn thing, and goes on to WrestleMania 23 to capture the World Heavyweight Championship from Batista. Yep. So, not, Bob, not from Bobby Lashley. He faced Batista. Oh, in case, in case you were wondering, in case we were keeping you in suspense about that. The Undertaker won the whole thing. You know, also, you know what's also funny, too, is like looking back on it, is that the, at that WrestleMania, Undertaker and Batista were put in the middle of the show, and Sean and Cena ended the show. Yeah. There was, like was... Also, there was also, Batista admitted that like when him and Taker found out that they were like in the middle of the show, 
like, this is fucking bullshit. And they're like, Taker was like, listen, you and me are stealing the show. We don't give, I don't give a fuck what we do out there. Let's be better than Sean and Cena. It was Dave a better was, match. And, and, and Dave, match. and Dave was all for it. And that led to, it was also too, looking back at it now, they were like fucking like the fourth match on the fucking card. And they like, sold oh, the whole show though. And there was like five matches left after that. It was like, really? <laughs> what, you guys don't remember WrestleMania 23 for the Playboy pillow fight match? No, it wasn't and that one. And the billionaire. No, the, it wasn't, the, the Playboy thing wasn't at that one. It was at the following one. This was the Battle of the Billionaires WrestleMania. I'm pretty... Vincent, no, th- no this was Trump. the Lumberjill match. This was the Lumberjill match. My apologies. This was when our... Oh, God. This is when our president fought Vince McMahon... With that, two, technically, okay, technically, let's not get politics. No. Let's not get politics. Technically, no. Trump didn't wrestle. It was um. No, he. They, I is, said they picked two representatives. Yeah, Vince picked Umaga, and Donald Trump picked Bobby Lindsay. No, he picked Bobby Lashley. Oh God. No, 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 no. He called them Bobby Lindsay. Bobby Lindsay. Geez. Like you got him, Lindsay, right? And Bobby was like, "What the and fuck? Donald you just call Trump, me?" Oh God, this has been an awesome episode. <laughs> Takes the worst Stone Cold Stunner in history. The worst one. Who took it worse, Linda or Donald Trump? I'm going to give it to Donald Trump because, the, oh my God, that was horrible. I'll plead the fifth. <laughs> so that pretty much, Undertaker goes on to WrestleMania. Shawn Michaels goes on to face Cena. So overall, that does it for Royal Rumble 2007. Overall, what are your thoughts on this show 10 years later? Does it still hold up? Mm, everything until okay. The tag match was good. ECW championship match sucked. The world championship was okay. WWE championship was great. Awesome. And the rumble, everything until until the final four was out. Was was like eh. And then when it got to the final four, it was like this. This is awesome. This is the fun best. This is the best. Yep. I gotta agree with Mike on this. So, one. A, so you would agree would it, do you agree that it's a nice little time capsule of like a of like a just a, a gone era in WWE? It's a perfect one to look right up to when you're about to get to the Rear Rebel. Yeah. In less than two, three weeks? Yep. Three weeks, yep. So will will Royal Rumble twenty sixteen will Royal Rumble twenty seventeen <laughs> deliver where the past few Royal Rumbles have disappointed? Will we be leaving this Royal Rumble happy or will we be leaving it sad? We'll probably be leaving it sad. But then, as always, but if we are disappointed, we can come back to the General Admission Wrestling Podcast and bitch about it with us there because we know that's what you love to do too. That's the best part of any Royal Rumble, getting to bitch about it afterwards. Definitely. So overall, on this, on this edition of GAWP-TBT Throwback Thursday, we give Royal Rumble 2007 a resounding recommendation, if not only for the John Cena-Umaga match and the final 20 minutes of the actual Rumble match. If you have the Rumble, if you have the network, just cut to those points. They're worth it alone. No, honestly, don't, don't... If you have the DVD version, don't watch the GTG landscape match, please. No, just don't. Just don't. And if you're watching the Umaga match, life, don't life watch is, it with your kids. Life is too short. No niños, for the look. Life is too short. It's wasting it on Lance Cade and JTG. You could be going out and like taking your dog for a walk or teaching like some 
teaching blind people to read Braille. No, or, I want to watch DTG versus Lance Cade. Be doing something worthwhile with your time. Instead, you're watching Lance Cade and JTG. I can't think of a sadder existence. So on oh, that note, I think that wraps it up here on this on this trial episode of the GAWP TBT. As always, guys, thank you again for listening. And if you loved what you've listened to here, you can listen to our main show, the General Admission Wrestling Podcast, every week. And every month we'll be doing a General Admission throwback episode. And you can find out about the details first on our Facebook page, the General Admission Wrestling Podcast, and our Twitter and Instagram, at the GAWP Show. Same tag for both websites. And, of course, we are available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Podtastic. Check us out. And if you can't, if you just want to download us onto your laptop, maybe listen to us while you're working, you can go to podcast.com and just didn't download an MP3 and listen to it on whatever format you want. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. And once again, I am Avenging Ben. Home Milk Mike. And the Law Ray Ramundo. Don't forget to join the madness. Have and follow silly, the law. You silly willies. Peace, guys. I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. You know what cool is? You're looking at Nothing beats being cool.